Lord. Amen. And uh, I feel I have a word for us today. So let's open up in prayer. Although night, we thank you for your goodness to us. Uh, we thank you that you are a God who uh, hears and that you are here today to speak to us. We pray that we have ears uh, to hear what you are saying uh, and a heart to receive it and that this word would change our lives. And we thank you in Yeshua's name. Before I get started, my family, I had some uh, little lozenges on the, the seat. If you could just open up one and give it to me, just in case. So as Evan said earlier, uh, the title of my message is, It's Not Time to Panic. See that panic button up there? Well, today, Adam and I want to encourage us, it's not time to hit the panic button. Now, obviously, when Rabbi Michael and I prepare a word, we believe it's a word for, that God has spoken to us. But I really believe that God wants to say something to you today, whether you're here in this sanctuary or you're listening uh, to this message on the podcast, because this was not the original message that was going to be prepared. Rabbi Michael and I talked about a direction, and after a day of struggling and having you know, several pages of scriptures and things and trying to pull together that message, uh, and it just wasn't coming together. I went to this passage, which I had read at one point, and uh, within seconds, the outline just boom, 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 boom. So I really feel it's a word for us today here in the sanctuary, those listening by podcast. And then when we get up on Saturday mornings, we often listen to uh, Believing TV, and one of the speakers uh, started his message and it was on the same topic. So I said, that's just confirmation, God, that the word that you want to share at this season and at this hour. So it is from the Parsha today. Uh, Gary shared from chapter 13. I want to go to Shemot chapter 14 and read for you verses 13 through 18. Moshe answered, answered the people, stop being so fearful. Remain steady, and you will see how Adonai is going to save you. He will do it today. Say that with me. Today. Today you have seen the Egyptians, but you will never see them again. Adonai will do battle for you. Just calm yourselves down. Adonai asked Moshe, why are you crying to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift your staff, reach out with your hand over the sea, and divide it in two. The people of Israel will advance into the sea on dry ground. As for me, I will make the Egyptians hard-hearted, and they will march in after them. Thus I will win the glory for myself at the expense of Pharaoh and his army, chariots and cavalry. Then the Egyptians will realize that I am Adonai when I have won myself glory at the expense of Pharaoh, his chariots, and his cavalry. I'm here to tell you that this is a word for today. Today, Adonai wants you to experience his deliverance. Today, Adonai wants you to release fear and anxiety. Today, Adonai wants to demonstrate his power on your behalf. It is today. Can you say that with me again? Today. We are very familiar with this story, most of us in this room. Adonai has just brought Israel out of Egypt, the ten plagues, and the demonstration of power and might, and they have uh, come up, and now they find themselves between a rock and a hard spot. Literally, they have the reed seed in front of them and the Egyptian army behind them, and they have nowhere to go. It's time to panic. 
at least in the natural, that was the response of the children of Israel. And it is often our response to circumstances that we find ourselves in. But today, can you say that with me again? Today, God wants to assure you and me that it is not time to panic. Of course, we know the end of the story because we're looking back thousands of years ago. The Israelites facing that sea and the army behind them had no clue what God was about to do. And you may be in a situation right now where you have no clue what God is going to do, but through this story and knowing the end of the story, how God delivered, I pray that you would be encouraged to know that God is going to work on your behalf as well. This is one of many stories of Adonai coming through for his people when they needed him the most. Throughout the scriptures, he makes the promise that he will make a way where there seems to be no way. However, it's not always easy to get that to that point of trusting that there will be an opening in that sea that's right in front of you. So I want us to look at some steps we can take to see the deliverance of Adonai in our lives today. First, stop being afraid. Although some searches and commentaries will tell you that the phrase fear not appears over 300 times in the Bible, the exhortation to not fear certain things that you are facing that would make you fearful is really a little over a hundred times in the scripture. The other fear nots have to do with things that you wouldn't want to be a part of anyway. And that first encouragement came to Avram in Bereshit, Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. And God said to him, don't be afraid, Avram. I am your shield. Your reward will be great, grand. This is the man who he called out of the land, his homeland, his family, to go to a land he didn't know, and uh, facing odds he didn't know, and God is telling him, don't be afraid. So when we look at our story today, why were the children of Israel afraid? Because they didn't see any way out of their situation. All they saw was that things would only get worse for them. In the natural, their assessment of the situation might have been true. But God wanted them, and God wants you and me, to look past what we see with our natural eyes. However, we cannot do this when we're responding to the situation in fear and anxiety. When fear overwhelms us, the situation becomes hopeless in our eyes. Because you know what fear does? It immobilizes us. And it makes us take our eyes off of God. I was reading several articles on fear. And one article talked about how Billy Graham in 1965, many, many years ago, said, historians will probably call our era the age of anxiety. Because anxiety is the natural result when our hopes are centered in anything short of God and his will for us. Another writer said this about fear. And and you can see how fear is all around people and has only got worse since 1960s. This author said, fear is a tool that the devil uses against us to make us miserable and destroy our lives. It begins as a thought. Selah. And then creates emotions that can ruin us. It often becomes a strong, intense feeling that tries to move us to make a foolish action or tries to prevent us from doing something that would be good for us. You see, this is what happened to Israel. 
They had this thought in their head. We're doomed. There's no way out. And that thought gave way to emotions that led them to cry out, saying, Oh, I wish we were back in Egypt. We told you, Moshe, to leave us alone. You should have left us there. And that would be a thought and emotion that they repeated over and over and over again. How many times did Moshe hear the children of Israel say, you should have left us in Egypt? Because they were fearful, because they saw no way out of the situations that they found themselves in. One writer said, fear distracted their memories, and I would add, I mean, distorted their memories, and I would add that it distorted the promises of God in their lives. Today, I believe God wants to tell you, don't let fear distort who I am in your life and my promise that I give you in my word. So how do we stop fearing? Rabbi Carol, that's easy for you to say, you don't know what I'm facing. The reality is we all face fear. There have been seasons of my life, and I've shared them in in different settings where fear and anxiety gripped my heart. You know, there was a season many, many years ago uh, where I thought I was going to die, and that went on for six months to a year. There was nothing wrong with me, but I had this fear, this anxiety that that just gripped my heart at that season. And uh, I was healthy. It was, you know, before the tumor. So there's nothing wrong with me. But it was this fear that gripped my heart. And what did I do? There's a word, and I don't remember the song, but a scripture song that I grabbed hold of and sung and focused on that brought me out of that horrible, horrible time. So I do understand what it's like to face fear and anxiety. Devarim Deuteronomy 3.22 says, Don't be afraid of them, because Adonai, your God, will fight on your behalf. Think about it. Israel has just experienced ten signs and wonders. They had just gone to their neighbors who freely gave them gold, silver, precious jewels, clothing, etc. These were their captors. These were the ones who had enslaved them. The ones who, who you know, just a day or two before was maybe driving them to build and things like that. These are the people who gave them all these good commodities. They had just marched out of Egypt after over 400 years of slavery. We talked about this on Wednesday night. How could they so quickly forget what they had just seen and experienced by the hand of God? And yet here they were, panicked, fearful. We should be back in Egypt. What are we going to do? So the way to stop fear is to change the thoughts in your mind. To God's thoughts. He tells us in his word that his thoughts and plans are always for our good. This tells me that even when I'm in the midst of a difficult situation where I feel boxed in to a corner, even when I'm in a storm where the waves are pounding against uh, me and the boat that I'm in and I feel like I'm going to sink, even when I receive a bad report from the doctor, even when my circumstances seem to be worsening, even when it seems that that loved one that I've been praying for to come to faith is getting harder and harder and further away from God. Adonai has a plan, and I don't have to be in fear. So instead of looking at where I'm at, 
I need to look at where God has taken me. You see, the children of Israel needed to put their eyes onto the promised land, that land that belonged to them, as Gary shared in the Devar Torah, that God had promised to the patriarchs and now was getting ready to bring them in. They needed to focus on that land, and they needed to focus on the God who promised that land, who had just performed miracles in bringing them out of Egypt. Fear, how do you change it? By changing your thoughts. That's why Rob Shaul in Philippians 4 tells the Kehilah at Philippi. Many of us can quote this, right? Whatsoever things are pure, lovely, of good report, think on these things. Think on these things. One counselor that I was with once in talking about this says you can only have one thought in your mind at a time. So when that thought comes in, the fear, replace it with a good thought. That's what God was calling the children of Israel to do. Stop panicking. Focus on who I am. Focus on my word to you. Isaiah 26.3 tells us that God will give us perfect peace if our mind is what? Stayed on him, focused on him. Now, is it easy to do that, Rabbi Carol? No, it is not. From experience, again, that one year, and then there's been other seasons of time where fears tried to grip my heart, not to that extent, and every time I've had to make a choice to not give into those thoughts, but to change my thoughts, to focus on the truth of who God is. He's my Abba Father. He loves me. I'm his daughter. He loves you. You're his child. He created you with a destiny and a purpose. He will do everything to work on your behalf, to see you fulfill that destiny and that purpose because he loves you. So stop panicking. It's not time to hit the panic button, God is saying. Because today, can you say with me today? He's going to change your situation. The second thing that he told the children of Israel to do is to remain steady. The Hebrew word here, in case... You want to know, all my Hebrew scholars, is hit yatsvu. Some translations read it, (coughs) read stand still. But it doesn't really mean to stand still like you're not moving. And the verb is a hitpael, which means it's reflexive. Okay, Rabbi Kel, great for the grammar lesson. What in the heck does that mean to me? A reflexive verb means it's something you have to do for yourself. You have to stand Israel had to take a stand for herself. I have to take a stand for myself. I have to remain steady. You have to do it for yourself. So literally, Adonai was saying, you, Israel, must steady yourselves. You must take a stand against the fear that you are facing. One article described this word as saying it had more to the idea than simply standing. It was used of those who set themselves against others who were opposing them. So you see what God is saying when he's saying stand still? When he says remain steady, he says face that fear. Face that enemy. Because I'm about to do something. When? Today. Some of you are getting it. God wants us to confront our fears and to confront the enemy. Often, however, one of our responses, anyone's response to fear is to run. Even when we have nowhere to go, Like the Israelites, we want to leave. The reality is they couldn't run even if they wanted to. But that was the thing that was going on inside of them. 
As I mentioned, they said, we want to return to Egypt. That was their expression of a desire to run away from the situation. Listen to me clearly. God is saying to every single one of you, do not. Do you hear me? Do not run. Do not run from the situation. Remain steady. Plant your feet to face this fear, to face this enemy. This made me think of another story in Second Chronicles of King Jehoshaphat. He and Israel were facing a similar situation at, time, at that time. If you remember, the armies of Moab and Ammon had come against Israel. They had a huge, vast army. I don't remember the numbers. I've shared it before in messages. And the first response of the king, verse 4 tells us in chapter 20, was to fear. When Jehoshaphat saw that army, he panicked. He went into fear. But a few verses later, it tells us that Jehoshaphat called a prayer meeting. What was the purpose of the prayer meeting? To get their focus, not on the army, but on the God who was about to deliver them. To take their eyes off the size, the ability, the weapons that this army had that was coming against them, and to put their focus on the God that they had heard had delivered Israel over and over again in the past. So he called a prayer meeting. And this is what God said to that prayer meeting, verse 17 of Second Chronicles. You won't even need to fight this battle. Just take your position. Yehuda and Jerusalem stand still, similar command, and watch how Adonai will deliver you. Do not be afraid or distressed. Go out against them, for Adonai is with you. We know the story. We know that the next day they're going to go out. The praisers are going to go before them. So again, God wasn't saying stand still, meaning don't do anything. But he's saying take your ground to face this enemy because victory is sure to be yours. And that is what he is asking us to do today, to take our positions against whatever hell is throwing at us. Stand your ground. Do not give in to fear. Do not run because God is about to do something awesome. So he's saying to us, plant your feet firmly, Beth Emanuel. Plant your feet firmly and get ready to move because today, can you say it with me? Today, you are going to see the deliverance of Adonai. And why do I keep saying that? Because this morning, as I was up in my office going over this message, that word today just kept jumping off the page. I hadn't really seen it before, but I really felt God was quickening it to my heart to encourage you that today, God wants to do something for you, for Beth Emmanuel. The third thing that he says to the children of Israel and that he's saying to us is go forward. This is from the Hebrew word nasah. This was the word that was used throughout the wanderings of the children of Israel in the wilderness, meaning to break camp. It literally means to pull the stakes out of the ground so that you can pack everything up to move out of the place where you are to the place where you are going. Uh, the, the actual word here is called, is vayisau, for the Hebrew scholars, the nun gets assimilated into the psalmic, and you have that dogus right there in the middle of it that shows us that. And as I said, it was a very common word to indicate the moving around of Israel through the wilderness. And the scholars tell us that this has a connotation here in our verse and in the verses referring to the 
the pillar of fire and the cloud by day of forward movement. So what were you breaking camp for? Not to go backwards, but to go forward to the next place, to the next destination in front of you. Think about it. When God told them to uh, break camp, it would take hours. They had to pack up all of the equipment, get the animals together, the children. Remember, as we shared on Wednesday night, they'd been wandering around, you know, because God said, let's wander around and the Egyptians will think you're lost and you don't know what you're doing. And as they wandered around and they stopped whenever they had to stop. So this is one of those points of stopping. And now God's saying, break camp, get everything ready to go forward to cross that Reed Sea. I believe Father and I are speaking, speaking the same thing to you, to me, and to Beth Emanuel this morning. As my little brother would say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Do not sit down. Don't settle into where you are at, God says, because it is not my destiny for you. Don't accept your situation as it is. He says, I have so much more in store for you than what you are experienced. And God was saying to Israel, I did not bring you out of Egypt to have you destroyed by the Egyptians. This word is for us this morning at Beth Emanuel and for those listening to the podcast because God knows his plans for our future. As I said, they are good plans to prosper us. In Luke 9, 62, Yeshua says, do not look back. That's why he's telling the Israelites here in Shemot, go forward. What happened to Lot's wife when she looked back? She turned in the pillar of salt. Guys, I don't want to see a bunch of pillars of salt standing around in the sanctuary. I'm just telling you, you're going to go forward into what God has for you. Don't look back. Later in Israel's history, Adonai would tell them once again to break camp and to go forward. Moshe records this for us in the book of Devarim when he recounts the 40 years in the wilderness. In chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, he says, this, Adonai spoke to us in Horeb, and he says, You have lived long enough by this mountain. Turn, get moving, and go to the hill country of the Emory and all the places near in the Aravah, the hill country, the Shephelah, the Negev, and by the seashore, the land of the Kinnaani and the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates River. I have set the land before you. Go in and take possession of the land. Adonai swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yavakov, and their descendants after them. You see, Adonai is saying, you stayed long enough at this place. The wilderness is not my plan for your life. It is time to move forward. I want us to start moving our feet. I want everyone to stand up. Unless you're just not able to. I want you to start marching in place. And they're marching in place, and you say, God, I hear you call, and I'm moving forward. Okay, Dan, get those feet moving. We're moving forward. You're coming with me, okay? We're moving forward. So we're saying to God, we hear your cry, and we're moving forward. We're not going to stay back here. You tell us not to fear. You tell us to ready ourselves to face the enemy. So our feet are moving because we're going to see that reed sea right in front of us part, and we're going to walk through. Is it going to be wetland? Okay, okay, someone who knows the story. Is it going to be wetland? We're walking through on dry land. So God says, get ready. Start marching, right? Get ready. You're going to go forward. Who's going to go with me? All right. I've got a few people. Thank you. The rest of you joined up with us. We're going forward. Can you say it with me? Go forward. That's what God is calling you to do. Don't stand still. You can sit down. God says, don't stand still where you're at. Go 
forward. I don't want you to go back to Egypt, Israel. I want you to go forward. But God, there's a sea in front of us. I don't care. You're going to go forward. How are we going to do it? Just watch and see. Some of you are saying, God, how are we going to do it? And his word to you today is just watch and see. Israel had no clue. God had never, ever parted the Red Sea before. Just saying. Maybe he's never, ever done anything that you need done. But he can do it. If you are my friend on Facebook, you see I, I post almost daily different scriptures. A lot of the scriptures recently have been about the God of impossibilities. What is humanly impossible is possible with God. It was humanly impossible for two billion people to get across that Red Sea before that army came after them. They, didn't ha- they couldn't make boats. Even if they tried to grab some logs to float across, it was not going to happen. But God had a way. He said, get ready, go forward. And as Moses stretched that staff across the Red Sea, the Reed Sea, really, those waters pulled back and the land was dry. I want to pull the video of that when I get to heaven and watch it. Dry land. Amazing. Amazing. What God is about to do for you is going to be amazing. Amazing. And God says, get ready because I am going to move on your behalf. Thank you, God. These three actions are paramount if we're going to see the last point of my message this morning. And that is to experience God's deliverance. Experiencing God's deliverance. That's what, ha- that's what happened when Israel didn't panic, when they, under Moshe's leadership, stood against the enemy and they moved forward. I want to tell you, God will never ask us to do what only he can do. He's the God of the miraculous. He's not going to ask you and I to do a miraculous thing on our own. He's the one who does the miracles. But he will never do for us what he has asked us to do for ourselves. He asked the children of Israel to do these things. Don't panic. Remain steady and go forward. He could not do those things for them. But he could part the Red Sea. You hear what I'm saying? God's calling us to do certain things today. Things that he's not going to do for us. But what we cannot do, he's ready to do. That sea in front of you, he's ready to part open. Israel had to rise up in faith. They had to resist fear. They had to take a, station, take a stand excuse me, in the face of the impossible, and they had to ready themselves to go forward, even though they were facing water that they could not get across. And as I said, we know the end of the story. As they followed the commands of God, Adonai stepped into the situation and brought a mighty deliverance on their behalf. It was a battle they could never, ever win on their own. But it was a a battle that they were called to be a part of. You hear what I'm saying? You hear what God's saying? You can never do this on your own. But you have to be a part of it. 
And I love how historians can say, well, you know, this really wasn't a, you know, a big part, or the, oh, the sea was at low, you know, uh, what's it called? Low tide, or it was a low season of the, uh, of the year when, it, <clears throat> when the water wasn't high, so you know, crossing was not a big deal. One, it was on dry land, so that makes a big deal. And the other thing, even if it was low, then how did it drown all those Egyptians? So it's a win-win to me either way. So if you say it was the season of the year when it was low water, then God used a little bit of water to get rid of all those Egyptians. So God wants the same for you and me. The situation you are facing may seem hopeless. And you have been trying with all your strength and your human effort to find a remedy. And God wants you to know he has a plan. He has a plan for your deliverance today. Can you say with me? Today. A few more are getting it. And his exhortation to us is don't fear. Stand steady, ready, and go forward. Once again, how do we do those three things? It goes back to where our focus is. Our focus needs to be on Adonai El Shaddai, Elohei Yisrael, the God of Israel, the creator of the heavens and the earth. We need to look to him, not ourselves, not man, not a government, because God is the only one who can deliver you and me out of the impossible situations. This story today and others like this in the Bible are given to us to remind us that God always, can you say with me always, always helps his people in times of trouble. In addition, in this room this morning, there are many stories of God showing up when there was no way out. I have my own stories that I could share, and many of you have shared your stories of God showing up when there was no way out. We need to remind ourselves of those stories when we're facing a new sea. We need to remind ourselves of those stories when we're in a new storm. We need to remind ourselves of those stories when a new situation comes that we see no answer or solution to. God wants to encourage us today, and he wants to tell us to align ourselves with what he wants to do. Align ourselves with what God wants to do by refusing to give in to fear, by confronting the enemy, and by moving forward. And God says, I will step into your situation today. 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 I want to share a couple other scriptures as we close here this morning. Devarim, Deuteronomy 31.8 from the Message Translation says, God is striding ahead of you. He's right there with you. He won't let you down. Turn to your neighbor and say, God will not let you down. I don't care what you've experienced. I don't care how many times in the past you think God did. I want to tell you right now, God did not let you down. You just don't have understanding of the situation. And one day when you see what he saw, you will understand that God never, ever let you down. And he's not going to let you down now. The verse goes on to say, he won't leave you. Turn your neighbor and say, God will not leave you. And it finishes by saying, do not be intimidated and do not worry. 
And looking at another passage as we close here, Yeshiahu, Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, Adonai says to Israel, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. In other words, it's already happening. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert and rivers in the badlands. Who needs a road in the desert today? Who's facing a sea that needs parted? God says, do your part and I will do mine. He says, open your eyes. I am parting the sea in front of you, but you have to walk through it. I'm ready to move on your behalf in such a miraculous way that you will know and you will be amazed. And so will everyone around you, God says. There are many testimonies that are going to be shared here from this message today. If you take hold of it, take hold of it and make it yours. Many testimonies you're going to be sharing here. God says, I've not left you on your own. I'm right there with you. Trust me, Adonai says. Trust me. Work with me. Do your part. And see what I will do today in your life. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Adonai, we thank you for your word encouraging us. God, it's not time to panic. And we're making a choice, God. We're not going to panic. Because you are for us and not against us. And I thank you, Lord, that you are going to begin to do things, and you are doing things now in the lives of the people here in this sanctuary and those listening to the podcast, moving and directing and opening up ways that they never, ever saw before bringing solutions that they never, ever thought of before, God. Because you had a plan all along. You knew Israel would be at that sea, and you knew that the army would be behind them, and you knew that you were going to part that sea. And God, you see every situation we are facing, and you already knew that we would be here. On this day, January 27, 2018, you knew exactly what we would each be facing in our lives and as a congregation, and you have a plan. And we thank you for that plan. And we hear your word today, and we say, yes, God. Yes, God, we will respond. Yes, God. Yes, God, we will work with you so you can bring deliverance into our lives. And we thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. God is a good God all the time. Amen. And let me find my passage of Scripture here so I can bless you. We're going to take a short turnaround after the uh, end of the service, about 10, maybe 15 minutes at most, just to get uh, things ready here. As we've been sharing for the last two weeks, and you receive... Uh, several emails, maybe a phone call, a text message. We have a special business meeting this afternoon. Uh, business meetings are normally for members, uh, but the leadership felt to open it up to anyone who feels that Beth Emanuel is the place which you weekly attend and you're part of and serving in the ministries and things. 
to come and to be a part. So uh, I'm going to ask that you come back in. We'll take a break, go to the bathroom. As I said, we need to get some paperwork and things to sit on this side of the sanctuary uh, here. And this is where we will you know, conduct uh, the meeting from. But I just want to close with the ironic benediction. If my iPad will cooperate with me this morning. There it is. Stretch your hand out. Yivarechach Adonai v'yishmerecha may Adonai bless you and keep you. Yair Adonai panavalecha v'yikunecha may Adonai make his face shine on you and show you his favor. Yisa Adonai panavalecha v'yasim lecha shalom. May Adonai lift up his face towards you and give you shalom. May you walk in the peace of Adonai and may you not hit the panic button. Yeshua's name, amen.